All right. I'm recording. Cool. This is going to be minimized. And there you are. Well, hello there. Hi. Hey, Hey buddies. Welcome Welcome to to the the Hybel Study. study. The only time where the terms God and stoned actually lead to a good time. If you haven't listened before, awesome. We are a couple of former Christians. And what we like to do here is hash out what more realistically could be happening in these Bible stories. And ultimately what these characters might have been experiencing while living through all of this. Because we still know that there are great spiritual takeaways in this big book. But those have been muddled in way too much dogma for 2,000 years now. So, feel free to get your Bibles out, follow along. Or like in church, just listen and take our word as fact. Her name's Mary, my name's Justin. Is there anything else we need to talk about before we get into it? I like being able to actually see my recording as I'm recording. That's there, nice. You couldn't see that before? No, no, not with my other thing. I literally just had a circle with a microphone in it, and that got bigger as I was speaking, so that's all I could see. Oh. And then I had a pause and a stop button. You're you're using an actual program now. I know. I'm so excited. (laughs) It's so much better. That means it's time we refer to the Bible. Our current study is a short trip through the Book of Romans. Join us to find out what Paul really thought about Jesus and his religion. Do you have your, your Bible? I do. Got my big old Bible. Chapter 7, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I just wanted to like, okay, take another read of this right now. That way we know what's going on. Ooh, I need that verse to quote it. The mean old bitches in my widow group. It's very frustrating to see these women who are very conservative and Christian women saying that it's ungodly and like an abomination to to remarry or to to date after your spouse dies but very clearly right here the bible says that's okay verse two says for a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives but if her husband dies she is released from law of marriage the bible literally says right here if your husband dies it's okay to get married again (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's okay you're allowed to do that yeah so one of my widow groups it's for young widows on facebook so it's not like an official grief support group or whatever but there's a lot of older women in this group even though it's specifically for young widows and that's defined in the group as women 40 and under when they were widowed so i understand there being some older people in the group because if they were 40 when they were widowed and it's been 10 years you know Mm -hmm. that's okay because it's for people to be able to connect with other people who have been through those kind of situations and get those advice and stuff. But the problem that I've been running into is there's a lot of women in this group who have just become widowed in the last year and they're like in their 60s and 70s. And I can understand that feeling like you're a young widow being 60. That's young to be a widow, but that is not a young widow in the sense that this group is, which, you know, is made clear in the about information so if you're joining the group you should have read that and known that but they come on these posts when people are talking about getting remarried or dating again and they're like well i would never do that because i love my husband so i i'm never getting married again i'll never date again and that's really wrong of you and you shouldn't and clearly you didn't actually love your husband because you're with somebody else now of course you're not looking to get married again you were married for 50 years you're 70 I'm 24. I was married for a month. (laughs) Doesn't mean I don't love him. That just means I still have a lot of my life to look forward to. And I don't necessarily want to have to do that alone. Like you bring up the widow thing, like that part up to like verse six is trying to use it as a metaphor because of like their marriage laws back then to say like, we're all done with that law. That's dead now. So let's use the other things. Mm Mm-hmm. I did have six highlighted. Let me check that. Oh, I think because six was a better way to sum it up. So in verse six, 
But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. <laughs> I I just think it's really interesting in that verse specifically, like, because I don't remember ever hearing anything in the Bible where they were like, well, we don't need to listen to the the Old Testament anymore. That was just something that people said. But this is very much like what that is. Oh, yeah. We don't need to be in these old ways. That's not how it is anymore. We've got the Holy Spirit. I will say, though, I have heard this in a dangerous kind of context. I've heard this spun from extremists saying, once you have accepted Jesus, the laws of the land, the laws of Earth, the country that you live in don't apply to you anymore. And you're only to follow the laws. Spoiler of alert. Um, chapter 13 will tell you all about how you should be um, in relation to the law of the land. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I just don't like that. Because I can, as an agnostic person, see that's taken wildly out of context. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, no, I don't think this that all Christians think that. But I think extremists do. And I think that's scary. In the same way that all extremists from any group of people are scary. Yeah, it really doesn't matter which one is just like... Yeah. Once you've taken it to such an extreme level, like, you've taken it past what the actual thing is meant to be. You've taken it too far. I think you just defined extremist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that is exactly why I want to be associated with none of them. <laughs> don't care what group you're part of no thank you <laughs> even like a halloween extremist group i would not be part of that you take halloween too far people get hurt the next part that i have sectioned off is verse 7 to 12 okay i'm gonna be honest this whole section is really kind of confusing to me it is very confusing but there is actually like a really good thing that kind of sums this up in the study part the law is fundamentally good, but the result of the law is to bring into open the powers of the power of sin. So it's like, well, these are the things that are bad, so don't do these things because it's sin, not the law that actually like causes like the torment in the life. Right, right. And then you know, of course gets into report the people who are doing these things kind of thing but you know technically not supposed to be doing that right i think that made it a little more clear yeah i was i had things going around in my head too but that actually helped me so this is kind of interesting um there's a little like the study script for uh verse nine because mm -hmm. that verse it's saying, like, once the commandment came, like, we realized we were doing this wrong. And the sin overwhelmed me. And I, and I died. Um, mine says, if the verse relates to Paul, he's speaking from his subjective experience. If it relates to Adam, it refers to his relationship with God before he sinned. The prohibition against coveting stimulated, stimulated the desire to sin. And the sin, in turn, led to death. Because before that sin, there was no death. But I think that's interesting. I saw it as a very symbolic thing. So I wouldn't have thought to relate that back to Adam. But that's a really good tie-in for what they're talking about here. There's this line on my head that I'm trying to figure out on being able to, like, in your study Bible have, this is also kind of like Adam or whatever. Is that taking something out of context to fit it to something else? For what purpose? Pro like, what is the point that's trying to be proved by doing that? I think that's just saying, hey, these are two point of views that you might want to look at this from. Because we don't actually know what he... I mean, we can't know specifically who exactly he was referencing here. But like, I really feel like it's more him. I felt like that too. Well, I think just right, because right at the beginning of when we get into the section, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? 
God forbid. And then now he says, nay, I had known sin, but by the law, colon, and then he goes on into things. So this is a story about himself. See, I don't have those context clues because my Bible writes it so differently. Mm -hmm. That is so annoying. This is just something that makes me feel a little gross. What? My study comment thing here for um, verses 10 through 11. 10 and 11 were very confusing to me and I don't understand them. Could you read it? Yeah. The very commandment that is promised pro- that is promised life proved to be death to me. For sin seizing an opportunity through the commandment deceived me through it killed me. And then the actual study thing said God's commands promise eternal life if one keeps them. And yet they lead to death since everyone violates what God ordains. This happens when sin deceives a person and uses the law as its instrument. I think it's saying, like, we all sin, though, even though we have these laws and and we still sin. And because we do, we're going to die. You're so, because of this old law, you actually have to die. Like, well, this new law, you have to have, like, a a spiritual death and be renewed and so that way you can live after that or whatever mm-hmm. yeah 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 definitely so i get like yeah i don't know i just feel like it's a good way of summing it up because just the verbiage in that really throws me off and i just it's hard for me to understand it yeah okay i'm just gonna read a chunk here <laughs> okay um starting with 13 did that which is good then bring death to me By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good in order that sin might be shown to be sin and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh sold under sin. 15. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not know what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. So... Honestly, it's just a much more simplified version of 10 and 11 in, in general. Well, then he's like, yeah, you're realizing you don't want the things you want or whatever, and you're not liking what you're doing. Yeah. Okay, but then 16 for me after that, if then I do that, which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Okay, then that goes into 17. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me what i don't know i have a whole huge long study note at the bottom for 13 to 25 so i have 15 to 25 yeah so my little study note thing here starts out by saying or well it gets into um paul is arguing that the fault lies in the sin not in the law and that through the law sin sin is revealed in all of its hideousness because the law is vindicated as good so basically the law is like calling out all of these sins but the law itself isn't actually the bad thing okay but like with 16 though because well 15 16 17 whatever right there he's like i'm, I'm doing something and i don't know why and I don't, I don't know it's like i don't really want to do it like okay if if I do that, which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Like you're, you're saying, well, this, this is a good thing. Like, what is that supposed to mean? What does your 16 say? Mine says, now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. Yeah. That's what it's like. Okay. Well, maybe this is, there's nothing wrong with it. But then in 17, now then it is no more, I, I, more I that do it. But sin that dwelleth in me. So it's like, wait, is this now getting like excuses? Like, oh, it's not me that's doing it. It's it's the bad parts of whatever. Um, My 17 says, so now that it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Interesting. Okay, I have a note here for 17. Sin that dwells in me. Though Paul has written of acts of sin, here he speaks of sin as a disposition deep in a man's life that produces those acts interesting 
Okay, so now it's sounding to me more like, and that you could like separate yourself from it, like completely, like it's, it doesn't have to be my nature or whatever. Right. Yeah, that's not me. That's just something else that was there. So now I can kick that out of here. Yeah. Be dead to it and go on. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, my little study note goes into a thing here. Yeah. For basically, like, it, it, this part is subdivided into 14 through 17 and 18 through 20. There's a long-standing debate on whether Paul is talking about believers or unbelievers through this whole section right here. There's honestly good arguments for both sides, but it especially... Um, this says, beginning especially with Augustine and reaffirmed in the Reformation, Paul's primary reference is to believers. So he's referring to believers in this whole point. I mean, technically, his letter was for a bunch of believers anyway. So if you want to get nitty gritty, then yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And then it goes into every point for why it's to unbelievers. There's a lot. <laughs> I don't think he's really talking to any specific sect of people. He's just talking about a facet of their be of the belief system. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Like, he would be talking to both of them, because his whole letter is... He's just talking to the people. Yeah. Yeah, but overall, 18, 19, 20, I think that is just going on more kind of like... The idea that we were trying to get to with the 15, 16, and 17. It's yeah. just the same thing. And it's just, this is a more aspect of it as part of this belief system. Mm -hmm. I am kind of confused about 23. Okay, the use of members was confusing me. I agree. Because um, any other use of members is in relation to actual members of the church Yeah. within this letter. So... I don't know, 22, he delights in the law of God after the inward man. Let's see, my, my study Bible has something for 22. An unbeliever would not say this, further supporting the view that Paul is relating his experience as a believer. I don't, I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. Yeah, I have no idea. Mine doesn't have anything for it. Like, that just sounds like, yeah, just after someone who's inward man. With the, the members... And the stuff, yeah, it really sounds like he's talking about other people, but this whole section has been more about the inward part of it. So is it, like, just a member's, like, the two sides in your head? They're, I don't know. Like, you're conscious, like, you know, the angel and the devil on the shoulder thing going against each other. Because chapter ends 24 or 25 about still being something more individual rather than talking about a church. Hmm. I think that's I what know. it is. I, I think yeah. it's referring to like a church in your mind or something i think because of the use of members and he's talking about the inward man and seeing how now realizing what is wrong or what is right this is his mind he does see his mind as a church i will stand by that that yeah that's yeah. fair kind of like you know that movie <laughs> yeah what um which movie? It's not really a church, but you know, the, the emotions movie with the people that control you. Oh, Inside Out. Yeah. Inside Out. Right. So you can have a small church in your head and that's how he thinks of his head being ran. Interesting. Yeah. So that was seven. You want to take a little break before we get into eight? Or if you want to even do eight right now at all? Yeah, I'm good to take a little break. Okay. All right. I am ready to get in whenever you are ready to get in. Okay, cool. Yeah, I had to think in verse 1 because there was the study Bible note that the last part of the verse, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit, is not in the best manuscripts. I think removing that puts more focus in on like the church religion and just the importance of Jesus more. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I super duper agree. And it's weird that there was this like 
revisions to the letter that he was going to send did he edit this out himself like i'd have to know all this stuff or did somebody else take it out later right was this taken out in translation or yeah interesting like i just want to like my general standpoint from just all of eight it was long and had a lot of different things but it really just started to bring in like exclusivity or something to it i agree with that I totally agree. It really lost me through most of it. Yeah, I had a spot highlighted up at the beginning, verse 5. Oh, you had 4, 5, 6, and 7 highlighted. Yeah, yeah. It very much became this exclusive hierarchy type yeah. thing. Yeah, like, I can definitely see how that, like, opens up the inclusive part, yeah, now. But at that point, it doesn't really see, it's just like, okay, here's, what's the difference between a believer and a non-believer, it's like, well, you're still stuck in your old ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I feel like that was just a way to explain, like, you can't convince someone else of something, like, they have to convince themselves. So it's like, well, okay, don't waste your breath trying to really hammer it home and keep going it, because it's not going to happen. They're going to do it themselves. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you can help them, go for it. But it's like, if they're coming to you and, like, requesting help. Yeah, if they're asking for it. Yes. Yeah. If not, mind your business. Um, so my five says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their mind on things of the spirit. I just highlighted that because I really like it. I think it holds true no matter what your beliefs or religion are. Yeah, that's why I highlighted the section too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really cool because I find that true even in my current practices and stuff. Because, like, when I'm really, like, reading and doing my research and practicing, I get so excited about it and I get so into it. But, like... When I'm so caught up in in things that are just currently happening in my life, I stop paying attention to that. Mm-hmm. And and those are definitely the things that are of the flesh. Those, like, I don't know, just silly day-to-day things. I just, you know, when you get caught up in that stuff, it takes over your mind. And I find that when I'm really, really doing all my stuff that I enjoy with my practice, then I get even more involved in it and called to it in different ways and explore (laughs) it in different ways and it's very fun yeah so i really like that but yeah i just thought that was interesting i think it wasn't until 12 really that it started kind of losing me here that part is sectioned off uh verse 12 through 17 yep so that's um titled heirs with christ that's just where it started losing me i feel like it started becoming this very exclusive thing 12 to 17 was um more like the things you you have to do mine says to live after the flesh so you're gonna have to keep up after it and you know give yourself less work and to be more of this this christ-like thing I see that. I totally see that. I think it's just a lot of the verbiage was that was used in mine made it feel like, I don't know, it felt more churchy and less Jesus and yeah. God, you know, felt what the church has been turned into. And I kind of didn't like that. And I was a little disappointed. It was just that section, there were just bits in it that I just really didn't like. For me, honestly, what bothered me about that was the part that we should be acting as his son, his child. Yeah? Yeah. Why is that? I honestly couldn't even tell you. I just don't <laughs> like the feeling of that. That oh. feels gross. It's not even just that it's in, that we should see him as a father. It's the the kind of connection that this implies when it goes into... Um, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. You know, that's got an exclamation point with that. That implies... Like, I don't have an exclamation point. <laughs> oh, I do. After both names, both Abba and Father. I have a, a comma and a period. 
<laughs> they're not they're not as excited as you are. <laughs> no, they're excited. And I think that's why it's so off-putting to me cuz it's like there's just I don't know. It's like cuz it even specifies like receive the spirit of adoption as sons. So like this is an adoptive type relationship dynamic here. Mm-hmm. And typically from my experience with things like that, you don't just automatically love this parent immediately and have this really super close connection. And there's usually a lot of really weird trial and error time. Fair. And we're, we're just expected to come in and act just like they're his other children right away. And there's so much emphasis on how important that is. Yeah fall back into which is what he was relating to like the god they created before like you you're not you, you, don't worry you're not going into this bondage again you're yeah this this isn't a master this is your father because we are yeah. at the same level as his own son so i don't know it just feels kind of off-putting to me i wish i had better words to describe my next part is I'd like to talk about 18 to 30 oh, okay this part, I would love to hear what you have to say about. I would really love to. I'm going to take a sip of water here first. Okay. <clears throat> All right, go Eight, for it. 18, and it just starts off. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So I was like, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter what happens now. We're, we're going to do great things later. I think that's interesting because there's one word that's slightly different in mind that really changes the entire meaning to me. What's that? Um, instead of that it will be revealed in us, mine says that it will be revealed to us. And I feel like that's very different because yours is more empowering from like an internal Well, the Holy place. Spirit's supposed to be in you. Yeah, yeah. But the way that mine reads, it comes across to me as like, this is speaking about heaven. Like everything will be great when you're in when when it's heaven because this is future mm-hmm. glory. And yeah, that's how it could be taken. But like revealed to us is still as in like the Holy Spirit talking to you inside. But with that too, that definitely becomes like oh yeah, we'll we'll see it later. Yeah. 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 I liked in in your version better because it definitely becomes more of a self-empowering thing even if it's referencing the holy spirit inside of you that's still coming from an internal place yeah okay so my study bible note thing he has a thing that actually really is i think is stupid and makes me upset this is actually going back to um verse 18 okay okay yeah so it says The ultimate glory that Christians will receive is so stupendous that the sufferings of this present time are insignificant in comparison. (laughs) Whatever you're dealing with doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Exactly, because it really just gets in their mind like, oh, it doesn't matter what you suffer or anyone else suffers because in the afterlife everything's going to be better. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, and that makes anything that you're actually dealing with so insignificant and feel so invalidated uh-huh yeah but even still like even if i believed in an afterlife it's like that would that would still make me just as upset because i'm still grieving the death of my husband and that's not insignificant even if there is an afterlife even if we were both christians and we believed that we were going to heaven and that i would see him again in the afterlife that's still saying that my current grieving process is is not important. But it totally is. Because that grieving process is a big part of who, who we are, I guess. It changes us as a person. Some for the better, some for the worse. And that's a big deal. That can make or break a person. So to just see somebody say... That that's insignificant in comparison? Fuck that. And I'd still like to mention, we're halfway through this book now that's supposed to be, they're used to get saved, and there's there's no real mention of, like, this is the step you have to do of what you have to do, and then you get an afterlife. There's been no afterlife talk except for what can be conjecture. Mm Mm-hmm. 
we're not getting that as like a tenet of their belief right now. Interesting. That's a really good point. Uh, in 24, I also have that highlighted and saved by hope in my version for we are saved by hope. Yeah, mine says for in this hope we are saved. We were saved. Hmm. I feel that changes it too. I agree. But for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? It's like, okay, he's already got these things. He doesn't need to hope for this. But we're we're saved by the optimism of the future. Of Like, if, if we dwell on the good things of like what we could do, then we're not dwelling on the bad things of what we also could do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Interesting. I have 26 highlighted, the verse and a little study thing about it. But I don't know. I had feelings about that, but I didn't really know how to express that, so I didn't really bother with saying anything. What kind of feelings? Mostly positive at the beginning there. Um, well, for the whole thing. It's fairly... It's positive. Um... Whenever it's speaking on the spirit, I'm seeing that as this this Jesus deity that I've been talking about in the last few episodes. <laughs> so I feel that to be super true. So it says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for um, as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words and i have found that really true especially for the last year that i've been going through mm -hmm. it has been a hard year but sometimes i just get that familiar comfort i guess and it's, and it's usually when i'm in those moments of like everything is so messed up right now i don't even know what i need to fix and so like that one just really struck a chord with me i guess because i feel like yeah i i still feel that now in my current beliefs but it's still that same spirit it's just one that i'm very familiar with it's that jesus dude <laughs> i feel like i have i have no words for that I would like to hear what your take on it was, because I have a feeling it was very different. I mean, that's why I don't have words, because it was actually pretty similar. Oh. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, I just, I thought that was really cool, because that definitely struck a chord with me. Okay, what was your next thing? You said like 35? Yeah. Cool. You can go on um, to that. I just really like this because it's it's going in and saying, like, even through all of these things, you and Christ aren't going to be separate. You and Jesus aren't going to be separated unless that's what... I, I mean, like, not even unless that's what you want. Like, you're not going to be separated once you've had that connection, that relationship. You're there. You're bonded. And, again, that ties back in with the last one that I was saying this on. I think it was 26, like, that is so true. Like, <laughs> even through my vast uh, deconversion from Christianity, I still feel Jesus, and I still feel that connection. I still feel that comfort and love. I just think that's kind of special. That's yeah. cool. I think the only reason I didn't highlight that last verse there is because of the wording... Um, love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord, Christ Jesus our Lord, whatever. Mm -hmm. Because God and Jesus are very separate to me. And it's not God that I have that connection with, it's Jesus. So I think that's the only reason I, that that turned me off a little bit. But the overall message here is that none of these things will separate mm -hmm. you from Jesus, that spirit. But he is right now trying to claim Jesus as the Israelites' God. So then you get the love of God through this belief in Jesus, supposedly, is how they're selling the feeling. Yeah, yeah. I get that that's what he's speaking on, but that's not how I 
chose to receive yeah. it. Did you have anything else for that? Nope. Are you good to read nine or what are you thinking? Yeah. I... What, what threw me like right away was in three. Um, mine says, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren. I don't know what accursed from Christ. Is he saying like, I w- like if I could lose this to give to everyone else, I would? Because before that, he's yes. he's talking about how he has a sorrow for all the people that don't know. And then after that, he goes oh. into also the Israelites that know and don't know. Mine says, for I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ. So okay. he's saying, I wish I could do this for my friends and families and neighbors because they don't believe this, but I can't. Because only Christ is the one who could do that. Yeah, I can see that. I had verse 5 there. Um, it, I had to reread it so many times because I was getting thrown off because it uses the word patriarchs. And it just threw me off. I was like, what is this trying to say? Because I have my my thoughts that come to head when I hear patriarchs. <laughs> Mine calls them the fathers. Oh, Okay. I feel like that's how I've refer- uh, heard them referred to, mostly. And it's like, okay, so the patriarchs are these three people. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, mm-hmm. and their lines. But yeah, that no, that just really threw me for a loop for a second there. Um, there's a study note. Right in 9.5, it says, Early manuscripts were not punctuated. The punctuation in the present text seems correct. Okay, punctuation seems correct. <laughs> so again the maybe that's why they removed it later because it was yeah. just more guessed but it's like kind of makes sense with this punctuation yeah that would make a lot of sense and i would feel like because this is it's written in the way that the people talked at the time so if they wanted to spread that they would they would go through and try to find the right way to punctuate it to get their information across but also, this would have been in, like, Latin or Greek or something. Mm-hmm. This one specifically. So this one's a little bit more, like, it should be closer. I think it's interesting that your study notes go in depth like that. Sometimes. Yeah. I'm kind of stuck in this spot from 14 to 18 right now. Well, I kind of have most of those highlighted. Yeah, same. What's up with that? I don't even know yet. I haven't quite finished processing it. Okay. So I'm just going to read through some of this. Bear with me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Starting with 13. So as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exhortation, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. That's where I have. That's what I have highlighted right now. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it I have processed. Some of it I don't have quite yet tied together. Um, I had to look to my to my notes here, the study notes for um, some context, because I was just a little confused. And so for thirteen. Um, it's citing back to Malachi. It shows that God, he was, he was set on saving and loving Jacob and rejected Esau. It says hated here, and it even goes into like that startling, but Mm -hmm. this is to show how, you know, this is to show how intense this was. This is important. Um, but it's saying that God basically, well, this is saying that Esau didn't deserve to be chosen by God. Um, 
salvation only comes from God's mercy. So, like, at this time, God chose Jacob over Esau before they were born, before anybody knew the good or the bad that they would do. That's really controversial. This is saying that God is just because no one deserves to be saved. And the salvation for anyone at all is because he's merciful enough to save us. I just... I still don't know how I feel about all this. I think um, this is also to go and to show, like, okay, he's in control of everything. To go even further to tie in where, where the Pharaoh thing was because he made Pharaoh who he was just so that he could defeat him. Right. <laughs> like, he's got all the control or whatever. I don't, I, it feels like he's then, like, just trying to reach out to the Israelites again and be like, okay, well, this is something that likes, so here we go. How do we tie this in together? And it's kind of dirty like that. I don't know. I just think the idea of being at the hand of God's mercy on whether or not... I don't know, because this is specifically talking about... At least this note is specifically talking about how... God chose between Jacob and Esau before they were even born. So before we would know who would listen and who wouldn't. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear some of your points because nothing new is coming to me. Okay. So then the next part in 19. Okay. So if he's in control, why is he like, who's resisted his will? If, if they can't, it goes on like show the thing form say to the thing that formed it why hast thou made me thus 21 hath the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor so then it's kind of just getting to like okay the questioning against this god is bad but it's the questioning against that gets you to it i agree yeah and that's the confusing part right here Hmm. Which verse is this that... I? Sorry, I missed what verse you're in now. Uh, 19 to 21. Okay. However, the study Bible has a different conclusion, like a different thing for those verses. Interesting. Well, says, what does your study Bible say? An opponent might say that Paul's conclusion in verse 18 leads to fatalism. Paul, however, does not give an analytical answer, but rebukes the questioner for, for such a preposterous conclusion. If a potter can do what he wishes with his vessel, certainly God can with his. Okay. I don't... Hmm. It doesn't sound like he's saying, like, that's a, a terrible question. How can you ask that? It's, it is still, like, the thing, like, why are you trying to, like, go against the maker? <laughs> 22 to 24 is kind of weird because it's like, well... It's kind of using, like, the Pharaoh thing again. It's, it's all just a question. And he was complaining about, like, their God having, like, an imperfectness about it before. But now he's like, well, what if it, this is also imperfect? Where he's like, well, I can I can deal with having to, to do this stuff. He's doing something he doesn't want to do. So that now he can just make himself look more powerful. Now that's even weirder. Yeah. And he's like, I gotta be able to advertise myself somehow. <laughs> that's that's funny. But you, what? Twenty five. I wanted to know about like this her stuff out of nowhere. Yeah. And he saith well, also in OC, I will call them my people, which were not my people. Semicolon and her beloved, which was not beloved. So it's like, oh, okay, is this God's wife now? Like, what is happening? Well, he is quoting Hosanna, so I feel like we're missing context here. Oh, you think it's a, a book or a story? I thought it was in a place. I assumed it was referring to the book of Hosanna. Is there a book of Hosanna? I thought there was. See, in mine it says O-C. O-S-E-E. -E. Oh. Oh. Well, that's different. <laughs> I've been saying it wrong as I'm reading it. Hosea. I'm... Not functioning correctly. It's Hosea. Hosea. But it's that's saying... Okay, that's weird. A lot of times he just says, like, as it is written. And he doesn't always say where it is. But this time now he's saying, like, oh, okay. So now he's giving a reference to where it is written. 
Um, and then my study notes down here, it even quotes the specific verses. It says that Paul quotes um, Hosea chapter 2, verse 23, to illustrate the stunning grace of God. <laughs> so it's Hosea chapter 2, verse 23. And I will sow her for myself in the land, and I will have mercy on no mercy. And I will say... I will say to not my people, you are my people, and he shall say, you are my God. So that doesn't give us a ton of context, but in this verse, in, in this like chunk of verse above this, it's talking about Baal. I see Baal in here a couple of times. Okay. Um, verse 16, Hosea chapter 2, verse 16 and in that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband, and no longer will you call me my ball. For I will remove the names of the balls of her mouth, and they shall be remembered for my name no more. Okay. So that was 16 and 17. Um, so I feel like this is kind of a... And this whole section is called Lord, the Lord's Mercy on Israel. So I feel like this is in reference to... Like, they're speaking of a specific person here, but... She is representative as the whole, you know. Um, I believe they're speaking of Hosea's wife, because the next section is listed, Hosea redeems his wife. So, I think that's the her that they're speaking of in this. Okay. Um, as for the he, who writes this? Is this just written by... It said Hosea for me. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Yeah. So it sounds like another, like, Moses thing to me where he's bringing his wife into it, too, to represent, yeah. like, God, El's wife at the time. Yeah, totally. I'm going to go look at the introduction of the book of Hosea. Yeah, me too. So my introduction to Hosea kind of boils down to, it's like, well, they're saying it might not even be a real marriage, but it's disguise turmoil through his marriage and how he relates that to a spiritual event in himself yeah yeah pretty much like it goes on about her being a harlot before and during and after and him just never stopping mm-hmm yeah mine mine uh has a nice phrasing for that yeah Go take yourself a wife of whoredom and have children of whoredom. <laughs> and for the land that commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. <laughs> so then if this is also about him trying to get her, this is a weird thing that Paul's doing then. Because if that book is all about him trying to constantly win back her love. I kind of see this as like, he's just saying like, um... You can be redeemed, even if I wouldn't, even if you, you're not one of the people in this long line of people who is automatically, like, just blessed. I will call you mine. Yeah. But each of those that they keep going into are just examples of how, yes, it's still a selective thing. Because just like he's, your God said before, there will only be a few of them. There's only a few of us. And there we go. But at the end, in 29, it's like, For except the Lord of Sabaoth had left us a seed, we had been unto Sodom and made into, like, Gomorrah. Okay, yeah, that's still, like, more examples of just, you know, selecting a few. But, like, the Sodom and Gomorrah thing reminded me about, like, recently how they think, like, they found it. And, like, the cause of it. Ooh. It was, like, like, a big, like, meteor or asteroid or whatever the proper one is for, like, just smashing and destroying stuff. And yeah. that it could have possibly had, like, I don't know if it was salt itself or something that would combine and, and create just, like, an instant salt. There's just, there's a layer of salt, and they found things with it. And it's very interesting because, again, like, in, in like, Salt Lake City, Utah and things, if you, you look up, you can find, like, pictures of just fossilized birds and things that just got too much salt on them. And it's just, like... If an asteroid was able to do that, then yeah, anything in its wake would be kind of like a, a pillar of salt. Yeah. It just, there's there's nothing they can do about it. So yeah, but this is almost done. 30 to 33. 
for sure. So he has this this whole time kind of like talking up the Israelites that okay they here's what they feel here's what they've been through like yeah you're you're telling me that the the Gentiles now they're just they were just able to attain it without having to do everything and he's like well no they've attained it because of faith if you weren't doing all the laws through faith then you were only doing the laws for law's sake right so and that's what the difference is yeah yeah definitely i think that was the same point i was i was going to make too just the point in that they achieved these in different ways but they were both still completely valid mhm yeah i didn't really have anything else for the end here i didn't either cuz i think it's i mean that that's enough for this one but it continues on into 10 so it'll have to get picked up next time yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, okay. Bye. <laughs> See ya. Hey, buddies, Mary here. If today's episode sparked something for you or you have questions for us, send us an email at thehighpriestbiblestudy at gmail.com. You can stay up to date on new episodes and merch releases through Instagram or check us out on Facebook if that's more your style at The Hybel Study. That's at the H-I-G-H-B-L-E study. Just to keep you on your toes, find us on Twitter at The Hybel Study. That's spelled the H-I-B-L-E study. Check out our subreddit, r slash the high priest for references to some things that we've talked about in various episodes as well as some memes. We also have a threadless shop shop.thehighpriest.show. There's almost always new merch popping up there, so be sure to check back regularly. If you want to and can responsibly donate, but have enough merch, buy us a coffee. Buyusacoffee.com slash the H-I-G-H-B-L-E study. You can donate once or you can choose to donate monthly. Money donated helps us to improve the show and make it better for you as the listener. Or if you want to just make it all that much more simple, all of these links are on our website, thehighpriest.show. Every link I've already mentioned, as well as some different platforms that you can listen to the show on. Rate us and leave us a review, we'd love to hear your feedback. And don't forget to subscribe so that you get notified of new episodes directly from the platform that you listen on. Besides, it's that much easier to share with your friends when it's at the top. Thanks again for listening, we appreciate you, and I'll catch you in the next episode.